The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, no bacon costume today, my friends. I don't think I deserve to wear the bacon costume after having a losing week. So winning weeks only, we're going to have the bacon costume in the intro outside of that. Um, it just doesn't hit the same when you lose money. Uh, and that's what we did in Week 2. 7-8-1 is the final tally for Week 2 of the Road to 272 Bets. If you don't know already, if this is your first time listening, there are 272 NFL regular season games uh, for the fourth season now. I'm betting on every single one. Week 1, great week, 11-5. Week 2, had it here, here we go, 7-8-1, minus 1.29 units. Uh, That brings us to... Uh, a total record of 18, 13, and 1, plus 4.94 units. So we're still well in the profit after two weeks. I won't be complaining about that. Um, obviously, sucks having a losing week, but there are going to be uh, losing weeks. I'm not going to win uh, bets. I'm not going to have a winning record every single week when I'm betting on all 272 games. That's just the way she goes. Um, and it was looking bad heading into primetime Sunday night football. Luckily, I uh, went 2-0-1 in the last three games. Uh, would have been nice to go 3-0 the last three games to go 8-8 for the week, but the Saints had to allow the Panthers the easiest touchdown drive I've ever seen in garbage town in, in garbage time, uh, can convert at the two-point conversion to get the backdoor push. Um, not, uh, not a lot of great luck in week two, which ultimately kind of killed us some late game bad luck going on we had both the Chargers and the lions go into overtime now to be fair to to win either of those bets we needed them to score a touchdown in overtime uh which is kind of a lot to ask but neither of them did both of them ended up losing outright so it didn't matter anyways uh obviously the panthers garbage time uh backdoor push uh with some bad luck here on monday night uh the bears at the very least uh, were gonna push against uh the buccaneers they were down three if they could have you know scored a field goal or even scored a touchdown would have been great uh if they would have just you know can turn it over on downs the buccaneers could have just ran it out or kneeled it out and it would have been a push but justin fields threw pick six uh which killed that bet uh, but there are also some bad losses, too. Some just bad, straight-up bad uh, bad bets. The under between the Commanders and the Broncos, terrible bet. They scored a million points in that game. Um, oh, Jaguars were a late one, too. I think they had first and goal late in the game. A touchdown would have covered for us. A touchdown on the two-point conversion would have tied it. But Jaguars, some bad goal-line offense uh, this week as well. That was a tough one. Uh, Raiders wasn't close. They lost by 28. Um... Yeah, there, yeah, so there were a couple of bad losses here as well. That's the way she goes, my friends. But we move on. Uh, we continue the grind and move it on to week three of the NFL season. Best bets did go four and one last week. So if you did tail just my best bets, uh, then you got to be pretty happy with, uh, with the results there. Um, so I... Uh, hit Ravens plus three and a half was the best bet that won the over between the Colts and Texans that was an easy winner Dolphins won and covered against the Patriots Steelers won outright uh, on Monday night against the Browns the only best bet that didn't hit was Giants minus four which still kind of had a chance to win actually <laughs> believe it or not uh, but they ended up uh, kicking a field goal to win instead of going for a touchdown uh, the teaser last week lost Falcons plus seven and a half that leg cash but Texans did not cover plus seven and a half against the Colts uh and if you're wondering about my survivor pool uh the main entry that I was doing for the podcast that lost um last week I was talking about choosing either the Giants or the Bills uh I tinkered last uh, last minute on Sunday morning or might have been Saturday I switched it to the Broncos they are looking great up 21-3 and then fucking choked it away uh, so I, I'm, that entry is dead in Survivor. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this the first couple of weeks or not, but, uh, uh, I, well, technically I had, I had three entries under my name in Joe Ostrowski's Survivor pool. Um, one was my, 
I was going to be making all of the decisions. That was the one I was talking about on the podcast. That's the one where uh, I had tinkered to Broncos, which ended up losing last second. Uh, my girlfriend uh, had an entry by herself. She picked Vikings week one, so she lost week one. And then we're doing a joint one. Uh, we are doing this because last year, my Survivor entry that went uh, deep was one that me and my girlfriend kind of went joint on it. So she wanted to do a joint one again. And that is the only one that we have left. We have entered three total, two of them lost, one in week one and one in week two. So I am still alive in a survivor pool, uh, but a little bit of a different entry than what I was talking about on the podcast. And this joint entry that I'm doing with my girlfriend, we went Saints week one. Uh, that obviously won against uh, the Titans. And we went Giants this past week. So, um, yeah, so I do still have a survivor entry to talk about. But instead of uh, having the Ravens and the Broncos picked, that I can't use again. Uh, we are switching it to this entry, which means I can't use the Saints uh, or the Giants. Uh, so actually a little bit of a better position to be in because the Ravens we still have to use later on in the season. Uh, so that's it in terms of a recap. I don't really have anything else to talk about heading into week three. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Football season is here. Um, I do not like doubleheaders on Monday night. Too much football. Uh I don't really like paying attention to two different games on Monday night. I just want one game just to end the week, cap off the week. Give me one game to watch on Monday night. My brain's tired from watching football for 12 hours on Sunday. I need a one one game on, on Monday night just to cap off the week. Two games is too much. Uh, and we'd ha have another double uh, doubleheader Monday night in week three, too, which sucks. And also it makes recording this podcast hard because I can't record until after the games are all over and the lines are released. And then I got to handicap those games involving the Monday night football uh, teams. Uh, and then I record. Uh, so when it's a doubleheader, I can't make my picks for four games instead of just two games. Um, so I'm recording even later than normal. It is now... I'm recording the intro now. It's 12.55. It is basically 1 a.m. And I have about an hour of recording, an hour, hour and a half of editing. So I'm not going to get to sleep until like 3.30. That's the life, my friends. I love it. This is what I ask for. Woo! Uh, I got a tea here. Hopefully it'll wake me up a little bit. But other than that, let's get into it. As always, I got my best bet locked in for all 16 NFL Week 3 games. I got my teaser of the week. I'll talk Survivor at the end. I got my best bets locked in. I'll give out, give out at the end of the show. Let's dive into it. It is the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast, the road to 270. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Two bets continues. Let's go. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, Thursday night football uh, this week is the Giants against the 49ers. Not, not, not the best Thursday night football matchup of all time, but we've certainly seen a lot worse. 49ers, massive, massive favorites in this game. Uh, but I'm going to plug my nose and take the Giants. Plus 11, minus 110 on Thursday night football. There are a couple of big, big spreads in week three. Um, and I'm going to be taking a couple of ugly teams. Now, 
The Giants looked extremely bad the first six quarters of the season. Um, obviously got their asses kicked by the Cowboys in week one. We're looking like they're, well, they were getting their asses kicked by the Cardinals in week two, down 20 nothing at halftime. So then what version of the Giants are the true Giants? Is it the what Giants that we saw in the first six quarters of the season, or is it the Giants that we saw in the second half against the Cardinals, where their offense looked unstoppable? Daniel Jones looked like uh, he was starting to earn the money that he signed for in the offseason. Uh, I know Saquon Barkley is going to be out this week. I think he's out a few weeks, so he's not going to be there. That's going to hurt them a little bit. But what I'm trying to say is, is this team deserving of being 10.5, 11-point underdogs? Um, and the same thing that you could say about the 49ers. The 49ers look fantastic in the first two weeks of the season. Are they good enough to be deserving of being 10.5, 11-point favorites against a team that won a playoff game last season? I don't think so. I would set this line at about 49ers eight and a half, nine. So I, I, I don't I wouldn't set it over that magic number of ten. That's too much, but it's always tough to bet a ten point underdog because you're betting on a bad football team. And maybe the Giants aren't a terrible football team. They're not a great football team, though. Um week three is an interesting week to bet on because week two is all about you heard me last week talking about it. You gotta underreact, underreact, underreact to week one. But that's fairly easy to do in week two because you can just say, hey, it was one game. It was one game. It was one game. Let's pump the brakes. Uh, a little bit tougher in week three because then there's two games. Uh, so can you stick to your guns that you, uh, your opinions that you held before the season started in the offseason when we now have a two-game sample size? And we're seeing that in a few matchups this week. We got games between teams who looked really good in two games against teams who looked really bad in two games. I still think you got to largely underreact to those games. You obviously have some things to take away from those games, but um, you kind of got to put your balls on the table with a few of these teams. And I think the Giants are a better team, even though they didn't look look like it for the better part of two games. I think they're a better team than being 11-point underdogs to the 49ers. I know it's in San Francisco. I know Saquon Barkley's uh, obviously out of the lineup. But they have enough weapons offensively here, in my opinion, to at least hang tight with the 49ers. If there's one worry I have about the Giants, though, it is their defense. It is their inability to stop the run. Uh, they have struggled stopping the run at times. But, like I said, it's just I, I don't think this line is set right, in my opinion. I would set it. You could, I, I could even see the, the 49ers being 9.5-point favorites underneath that magic number 10. But crossing, 10 is a magic number. It's not as magic as 7 or 3. But 10 is a significant number. Uh, we saw a lot of games come down um, to it being a 10-score game late last week. Uh, by the way, one game that I did have good luck with this past week was the Rams kicking a meaningless field goal as time expired. I really needed that one last week. Woo! And also just, I mean, and we're seeing, uh, speaking of backdoor cover, we are seeing a lot of backdoor covers for the first couple of weeks already. And it's kind of easy to sneak into a backdoor plus 11 cover you could be losing 17 and the other team just gives up and you score a meaningless touchdown you're, you're within 10 so i will take the giants here i just do think they are too good of a team to be this big of an underdog will the 49ers win probably uh i think this line's not set quite right though so i will take the giants plus 11 minus 110 on thursday night football moving on to the sunday slate uh, I think this is one of my best bets this week. It is the Vikings at home to the Chargers. It is basically a pick 'em. I'm seeing one sports book has the line as Chargers plus one and a half. One sort sports book has the line as Vikings plus one. Uh, the best line I could find for the Vikings was minus 105. Uh, so that is what I bet it at. I like the Vikings at home here. The Vikings season so far through the first two weeks has been very ironic. Uh, last year, they won a lot of games that they didn't deserve to win. And this year, they're 0-2, and I they deserve to win both those games, in my opinion. Um, even last week, they outplayed the Eagles 6.8 yards per play to 5.7 yards per play. So they averaged more uh, than a yard per play more than the Eagles did. Um, but then again, it's hard to win games when you turn the ball over four times. So, um, But... If they stop turning the ball over, this Vikings team is very good. Their defense is much improved. Still not a top-tier unit, but their defense is much better than was than what it was last year. And their offense is explosive. Um, 
I mean, think about the offense they had last year, and then now swap out Adam Thielen for uh, Jordan Addison, uh, and you 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 got something cooking there in Minnesota. So this is kind of a loser goes home game because two teams who a lot of people expected to be in the playoffs are now sitting at zero and two. One of them is going to be zero and three, I guess, unless they tie, then they're both zero two and one. But uh, one of them's coming out of here without a win on the record through the first three weeks. I think it's going to be the Chargers. The Chargers defense sucks. The Chargers defense. Uh, might be the worst defense in the NFL this season. Obviously, two-game sample size, but they got torched uh, last week by Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, let me look this up here, I think completed like 85% of passes. If you're letting, yeah, 83.3% of passes. Ryan Tannehill last week against the Chargers went um, game logs. Went 20 of 24. For 246 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. A quarterback rating of 123.3. Ryan Tannehill did that. The week before and week one, obviously, we're just talking one game sample sizes. I, I've told myself not to underreact, and you're going to find me overreact multiple times throughout this episode. Uh, I'll overreact when it fits my narrative, and then I'll underreact when things don't fit my narrative. That's basically what I do. <laughs> if something has happened the first two weeks that I, that I expected then I'm putting a lot of stock into the first two weeks. If something happened in the first two weeks that I didn't expect, then it doesn't matter. It's two games. Don't overreact, you idiot. That's basically my thought process. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 20 of 24, 246 yards, touchdown, no picks. The week before against the Saints, uh, 16 of 34, 198, zero touchdowns, three picks. My point in saying all of this and talking about Ryan Tannehill is, and I don't think I'm overreacting when I say this, the Chargers defense sucks, giving up 9.7 yards per pass so far this season. Um, how about overall opponent yards per play? 6.9.9 more yards. 0.9 yards more than the next worst defense so far. Uh, and now they got If you're going to let Ryan Tannehill with DeAndre Hopkins and a bunch of nothing, nobodies, um do that against you what are you what's going to happen when you're on when you're on the road against Kirk Cousins underrated Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson what's going to happen then it's not going to be pretty um yeah just I mean people are asking if Justin Herbert has that dog in him late in games I don't know um I don't know if I'm going to fall for that narrative but he has to have an A-plus game for his offense to even be able to keep up with the other team's offense because he's not getting any help from his defense. So, um, I'm going to fade the Chargers in this one. I will take the Vikings minus 105. Bills, Commanders, uh, I'm going to take the Bills minus 6.5, minus 110. The Commanders uh, are a potential team this early in the season that's going to win a lot more games than I expected, and I'm going to lose a lot of money betting against them week in and week out. Um, I guess I didn't technically bet against them last week. I took the under, but their offense scored a million points against the Broncos. But I am going to bet on the Commanders a lot because I don't like what I've seen from them. Um, they barely beat the Cardinals. I'm not a Sam Howell guy, um, and I I like the Bills. I think the Bills are obviously a good team. I actually don't really have a whole lot to say about this game. I don't really have any hot takes one way or the other. I just, my preseason evaluation is the Commanders aren't good. Uh, their defensive line has been really good. They were kind of an interesting case because two years ago, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. Last year, a lot of people expect their defense to be really good, but they weren't. They were bad last year. So it's this year so far, they're kind of returning to the form that they had a couple years ago, especially Chase Young. So... I don't know. Um, I don't have a strong feeling about either of these two teams, but I, 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 I think the Bills deserve being a touchdown favorite, and it's a touch below a touchdown. So that's six and a half uh, when I locked it in. Still is as of recording this. Um, so I, I'll, I'll take the Bills. Not, not a strong play for me though, for sure. Um, I'll take the Bills. Uh, by the way, before the season started, I said I was going to bet player props this year. Haven't bet a player prop yet. Haven't even haven't even thought to look. This is the first time I thought about player props right now. Because then, I, as I was saying that I'm taking Bills minus six and a half, and I don't have any strong feelings, maybe I should have did a player prop, but I can't because I'm placed my bets on Monday night, and there's no player props released. I digress. Uh, Falcons Lions, the two and Falcons, baby. Uh, before I get into this game, um, Falcons are a good football team. And yes, I'm a biased Falcons fan, but I might not even be biased in saying this. The Falcons are a good football team. They're not great. 
Please note, I did not say they're a great football team. They're not a fantastic football team. They're not a Super Bowl contender. They're a playoff team. I'm feeling very good about that big bet I placed. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned how many units it was. I placed a five-unit bet on the Atlanta Falcons to make the playoffs before the season started. And they're 2-0. 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. And they came back. The Falcons never make comebacks. Ever. The Falcons aren't a come-from-behind team in my history of watching them. They're a team that gets out to a big lead, almost blows it, and then if they're a good team that year, they'll end up not blowing it at the very end. But they've never been a come-from-behind team. They came from behind against the Packers. It was great to see Arthur Smith, the balls on him, to go for it on fourth and inches when you're already in uh, field goal range to kick the game-winning field goal. And if he didn't get it, they weren't getting the ball back. And he thought about doing it again, at least based on his facial expression, um, when they're down close to the goal line too. But I think that the right call there was to kick the field goal. So I'm glad he did. I'm taking the Falcons again. Plus three and a half. Minus 110 against the Lions in Detroit. Um, I, I like this Falcons team. I think they're a good team. I think they can hang with Detroit. I don't know if they win, but with it being over field goal, the spread, I will take the field goal and a half with the Falcons. And the the thing that has impressed me the most about the Falcons, and it's the thing if you listen to me talk about the Falcons at any point during the offseason, it's what I've said you should be keeping an eye on. It's the Falcons' defense, my friends. Everyone was talking about B. John Robinson, who has been electric. B. John Robinson... Let let me bring it up here. B. John Robinson is averaging... 6.2 yards of carry so far. Woo! And he's a weapon over the backfield. Woo! Baby! Uh, I always said Bijan Robinson was a good draft pick. I'm very glad the Falcons drafted Bijan Robinson. I definitely never said that they should draft for need instead of the best player available. Uh, Anyone who said that was an idiot. Definitely not me. Um, But the Falcons defense, I told you all offseason, they picked up guys who weren't making headlines, but they're good veteran players that significantly improve this defense. Jesse Bates is obviously the big name guy that they signed, but guys like David Onyemata has, uh, have been making a big difference. And this Falcons defense through the first two weeks, obviously only two games, but third in the NFL in opponent yards per play. It is the Browns. It is actually the Browns number isn't updated um, since Monday night, but I'm assuming, yeah, they're still going to be a top three team. It's the Browns, it's the Cowboys, and then it's the Falcons in the top three for opponent yards per play. Now, obviously, that doesn't take into consideration a lot of other things like third down conversion rate and red zone and strength of schedule, all that stuff. But it is still a stat. They have allowed the third fewest yards per play in the NFL. They're not going to be a top-tier defense, but they are. last year they were like one of the bottom five defense, bottom three defense. This year they're going to be, they're going to be an average to above average. They're going to be a an above average defense by the end of the year. They're going to be somewhere in like the 10th to 15th range in most stats, I think. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Falcon soon. We're not going to be a Super Bowl contender, but I think we're going to be in the playoffs this year. Meanwhile, the Lions, I don't really know what to think about the Lions. Um, They beat the Chiefs in week one. I thought they should have beat the Seahawks. Their offense still looked good at times, but they didn't really get the job done. Their defense, specifically their secondary, is still not great. Um, I know for the most part they shut down the Chiefs receivers, but that was more of the Chiefs receivers having a bad game than it was the Lions kind of shutting them down. Uh, the Seahawks torched them. Um, and now CJ Gardner-Johnson is out for a few weeks with a torn pec. So uh, they're already not a very deep secondary, and now they lose, you know, one of their best corners. I, I don't – that's not good for them. I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the one way or the other with the Lions. They're going to be in the mix this season, but I don't still don't know if they're as good as people are making them out to be. Um, with all that being said, I'm going to take the three and a half points with Atlanta. Um, once again, not one of my best plays, but that's the way I'm going. Uh, money line underdog alert. Money line underdog alert. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans on the money line to upset the Cleveland Browns plus 140. My upset of the week uh if you bet this game before monday night would have got a better line the browns were like four and a half point favorites now after their bad performance and the loss it's down to like a three and a half point line um the only sports book that had the lines up when i started recording was fanduel um 
see if any other i mean maybe you can get a better line than what i got i had to go with fanduel because i had to lock in these bets before i record and fanduel was the only regulated book in new york that had odds up when i clicked record nope DraftKings slacking tonight they don't have lines posted i don't know what's going on regardless i'm taking titans uh money line whatever you can get the money line at i got it a plus 140 uh great stylistic matchup for tennessee in this one the browns are a run first team we all know that they have lost nick chubb and now they have to go up against the, one of the best run defenses in the nfl in the tennessee titans i've shit on the titans a lot over the past few years one thing I can't shit on them for is their ability to stop with the run. Last year, they led the NFL in opponent yards per carry. Uh, they gave up, uh, I think it was only 4.1 yards per carry last season, which is the best mark in the NFL. This season, through the first two weeks, um, they are actually, sorry, they're second in opponent yards per carry last year. Colts were first, they are second. This year, through the, through the first two weeks, they are first. They're giving up just 2.7 yards per rush through the first two weeks. So Browns, who are a run-first team, um, just lost their best running back, and now they have to go up against the best run defense in the NFL. So if they want to win this game, they're going to have to do it with Deshaun Watson's arm, and you know how I feel about Deshaun uh, Watson's arm. Uh, not good. Completes just 55% of passes, averaging only 5.63 yards per throw this season. Uh, this is why Deshaun Watson looked really bad on Monday night. This is why I was not high on the Browns coming into the season. I think Deshaun Watson is not a good quarterback. He's not going to return to the form he was in with, when he was with uh, Houston. Browns now are in maybe one of the worst contracts of all time. Uh, with Seriously, with Deshaun Watson, that's looking like a terrible move at this point. Uh, so I'll take Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, who looked you know pretty good against the Chargers. That was a big win for them. Um, I'll take them in the spot to upset the Browns in what I think is a great stylistic matchup for uh, the Titans. Uh, speaking of the AFC South, that's the next game that we got uh, up here. It is the Texans against the Jaguars, and I am going to take the 9.5 points with the Texans. Trying not to overreact to last week, but that was a bad offensive performance by the Jaguars. So now I... Once again, I said at the start of the podcast, I'm going to not overreact to two weeks, and here I am overreacting, and I can't help it. I, I, I don't know what to think of the Jaguars. I was high on them coming into this season. They looked good in week one against the Colts. Not great, but good. Um, and then last week, they looked bad against the Chiefs, but their defense was good. Um, and the Texans are 0-2, I know that, but you know who's actually been the best uh, rookie quarterback so far this season has been C.J. Stroud. He threw for 384 yards and two touchdowns. He has yet to turn the ball over, or at least throw in an interception. I don't know about fumbles for him personally. Uh, Nico Collins and Robert Woods look great at receiver for the Texans. It is a bit of an ugly bet here, but uh, I think this is too big of a line. Um, until I see the Jaguars... Maybe it, is it the Jaguars' red zone offense? Because they seem to still move the ball relatively fine. Let me see what their red zone offense here is. Uh, well, the Heat, the Texans' red zone offense is, I guess, is I guess the issue, which actually kind of makes me like the Texans more. Because no way they're going to go the rest of the season scoring a touchdown on only sixteen percent of their red zone trips. So if they turn a couple of those red zone trips into touchdowns, uh, the Texans might be cooking. Jaguars converting only 50% of their red zone trips to touchdowns. Too big of a spread, in my opinion. Um, I would set the Jaguars as 7.5-point favorites, and we're getting it at 9.5. So I, this is a great bet. I think it might be one of my best bets. Um, it is not, but it is up there. It, if it's, it didn't crack the top five, but this would be like 6 or 7. Like the Texans in this spot, plus 9.5, minus 110 against the Jaguars uh Saints against Packers um I am going to go with the Aints I hate betting on this team uh they have let me down through the first two weeks I bet on them week one they didn't cover and in week two they're covering all game and the Panthers came back and got one of the least deserving covers of all time even though I guess it depends on where you got the line at for me it was a backdoor push uh, but I'll take them plus two here against the Packers. Jordan Love uh, has thrown a combined six touchdown passes in his first two games of the season with the Packers. Um, but even with that being the case, I think that actually uh, has been covering up something that has been a big concern or should be a concern for Packers fans. And that he has completed, he has completed just 55.77% of his passes through the first two weeks. 
Um, he isn't turning the ball over. That's good. Uh, I guess he's, you know, able to turn some throws into touchdowns, but I don't think you can continue to win games when you're only completing 55% of passes. It's a big reason why I'm betting against the Browns too. Deshaun Watson has a low completion percentage. Um, and now things won't get any easier as they're going to get against one of the better pass defenses in the NFL. The Saints uh, completely shut down Ryan Tannehill in week one. I already talked about that. Tannehill only completed 47.1% of his passes, 198 yards and three interceptions. And then Bryce Young completed 22 of 33 passes for just 153 yards on Monday night. So the Saints have historically the past few seasons been a good pass defense team let me see where they ranked in opponent yards per pass attempt last year third in the nfl last year in opponent yards per pass attempt only the eagles and the jets had a better pass defense in that stat and this year uh they're right up there uh as as well so uh i don't think jordan love's gonna have a good game we'll see if aaron jones is back in the mix i don't know if that's gonna be enough for them to kind of hang with the saints here the saints have had some offensive issues through the first couple weeks um, but I think that's just a matter of Derek Carr. Well, first of all, Derek Carr needs to stop turning the ball over. And number two, I think they're going to get better as the season goes on and he learns to gel with his receivers a little bit more. So I'm going to back the Saints plus two, minus 110 in week three. Uh, Jets-Patriots, this is the only game um, as of right now that the line has moved since I bet it. I don't know if I missed news or something that came out. Um, but this line has moved. Every other line has stayed the same from when I bet it about three to four hours ago to right now um and that is the jets uh i'm gonna back them plus three uh against the patriots in this spot and that has moved i got on the plus three it's moved down to plus two and a half so now it's inside the magic number of three don't like it as much um the the play the, i say obvious but the popular play in this game is going to be the under but the total in that in that is 36 and a half some places I think that's kind of wild. Um, so with the spread at two and a half, I don't love it. I think I would actually zig instead of zag. And I think as of right now, if you're looking at this and maybe, hey, maybe you like what I say about the Jets and, and you're going to take them anyway at two and a half. But now with it being inside the magic number of three and I... Don't really love the Jets even at three. I'd probably take the over. Um, if there were player props available, it could have been a game I could have looked at player prop for, but that dream is dead because I have to lock in my bets Monday night. So I'll take Jets plus three. The reason why I like Jets plus three, um, I don't have any interest in laying a field goal on this New England Patriots team. Their offense has been bad this season. Uh, gained just 4.5 yards per play through the first two weeks. That's the fifth fewest in the NFL. Um... They have a solid defense, but the Jets' defense is better, so the Jets have a defensive advantage in this game. Um, and actually, the Jets, this is going to sound crazy, but the Jets actually played a lot better against the Cowboys than the final score indicated. I know they lost by a billion points, but they actually outgained them in yards per play 4.7 to 4.6. Now, the issue is they turned the ball over four times, uh, and, that, and, and the reason for that is Zach Wilson. So the issue is Zach Wilson is their quarterback. I'm not going to just say yards per play is the only thing that's important because it's not. Um, and turnovers when it comes to the Jets, because it's Zach Wilson specifically, aren't just flukes. Some teams you can look at turnovers uh, if they have a bad turnover game and say it's bad luck. Uh, with Zach Wilson, it's not bad luck. He just throws interceptions. That's what he, that's what he does. But at the end of the day, uh, they have an elite defense and the Patriots have nothing really to offer um offensively i'll take the three points and hope that it's a close game that's kind of the best i can do here if you're looking at it now with the line currently at two and a half you can still take the jets if you agree with what i said about the jets you can take the jets i don't even hate even though i'm talking about how good the defenses are zigging instead of zagging this total is so low 36 and a half you get a defensive score you get a special team score zach wilson does something mac jones does something wishful thinking maybe maybe I, I think i'd go the over at this point but for my record for my purposes i'm sorry i swear i bet this line um monday night during the start of the saints panthers game it is verified actually i can look at bet stamp and see what time i placed it uh, i placed it at 8 55 p.m eastern at FanDuel at plus three i'm now recording this at 1 23 in the morning and it's two and a half sorry nothing i can do um, all right, 
so yeah, I'm taking the Jets uh, against the Patriots there. And that one, another AFC East team playing. It is the Dolphins, the hottest team in the NFL, playing the Broncos, hottest team in the AFC. Um, Cowboys might be the hottest team in the entire NFL. I'll take the Dolphins, minus six and a half. Rode them in week one, rode them in week two. I don't want to jump off the hype train. I was high on the Dolphins heading into the season. I was high on Tua. Um, and like I said earlier, um, I'm going to overreact to things that happen in week one and week two when they line up with what my season predictions were. So I'm going to keep riding the Dolphins here. I predicted them to win the AFC East, or I didn't predict. I bet on them to win the AFC East. I thought they were value. They were like three to one. And the Broncos might stink. Now, actually, their offense has actually improved, and everyone's. But the the story has through the first two weeks has been Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. You know what the story should be for the Broncos? Their defense. Um, this is a defense that was a really good unit last year. There was like it was like at some point in the season, it was like if the Broncos had scored twenty points in all their games, they'd be like thirteen and three or something crazy like that. Uh, their defense is not good this year at all. Actually, they're letting them down, especially last week. Yeah, I know the Broncos blew it in the second half. Russell Wilson, I think, had a couple turnovers. Could have could have got a few more first downs to kind of ice the game against the Commanders. But let's not forget that, I mean, it was the Broncos' defense that let the Commanders score at will uh, in the second half. Um, and, and if you look at the stats, their defense ranks pretty low in just about everything even you know i always just like to default to yards per play but opponent yards per play denver coming in at 19th that's not the broncos defense that we expected this year and it's not like they face top tier offenses either they face the las vegas raiders and the washington commanders if you're supposed to be an elite defense you should be able to shut those two teams down now they've got to take on the best offense in the nfl and the dolphins uh they got to hit the road they got to go to a hot florida to do it i think the bronco i think the dolphins uh, destroy them. So minus six and a half, it's under the magic number of seven. I set the spread at like minus eight. So I think we're getting a point and a half of value, including underneath the magic number of seven. I'll take Dolphins uh, minus six and a half. Uh, Colts Ravens up next, and I will take the Colts plus eight and a half at minus one fifteen. Anthony Richardson out for this game, um, or at least I think he's doubtful technically, um, but it doesn't look like he's going to start with a concussion. Gardner Minshew uh, is going to get in there. Probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. The guy who actually thought should have been starting for the Colts to start the season. He looked good when he came in for Richardson last week, completed 76% of his passes, 171 yards and a touchdown. I'm not going to devalue the Colts because Gardner Minshew's in. Actually, I kind of like them a little bit more, actually. In terms of a spread, I think Minshew is actually like a a half a point better than Richardson by my valuation. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that. Um, But what I really like about the Colts in this game is the matchup. Very similar to the Titans against the Browns, which is another AFC South against AFC North matchup. We have uh, a very good run defense against a run-first team. The Colts, last year, the best run defense in the NFL. Um, this year, they are uh, ranking sixth so far, giving up... Um, oh, sorry. I think they lead that stat now, giving up 2.6 yards per carry um, so far this season. I think they're we're sixth last year. Let me just verify that. First this season, giving up 2.6 yards per carry. Sixth last season. I think earlier when I was talking about the Titans, I think I got this year and last year's stats mixed up. The point is, so just go back and scratch that. The point is, both the Titans defense and the Colts defense, very, very good at stopping the run. The Colts completely shut down uh, Damian Pierce and uh, Pierce of the Texans last week. That was actually the most impressive thing of that, that entire game, I thought, was the Colts run defense that game. Um... And now they take on the Ravens, who run the ball a shit ton, which we all know. 53.91% of plays run by the Ravens are run plays. That's the third most, that's the third highest run rate in the NFL. If the Colts can shut down the run game. Uh, Lamar Jackson has actually looked like a pretty solid passer so far this season. Zay Flowers looks very good. Um, the Ravens should still win this game. Um, but in terms of covering an 8.5 point spread, I think if the Colts can stop the run, I think if Gardner Minshew... Um, can play as well as I think Gardner Minshew can. Uh, I think they can keep this within eight points. I don't think so. What uh, I don't think that's much of an issue at all. 
So I'll take Colts plus eight and a half, minus one fifteen. Most lines out there are seven and a half. The eight and a half uh, was at FanDuel at minus one fifteen. That line is still available as of recording this. Will it be available when I wake up tomorrow tomorrow morning? I don't know, but I can't. What do you want me to do? Uh, and that does it for the early afternoon game. So quick break, and then I'll be back with the late slate. Um, and then, of course, my recap, my best bets, my survivor, and my teaser. Be back in a moment. All right, let's keep things moving with the late afternoon slate, starting with the only 4.05 p.m. Eastern game of the weekend, Panthers-Seahawks. I'm going to take the over in this one. I'm going to sit back and root for points. Over 42 and a half the Seahawks might sneakily end up being one of the best over teams uh, in the NFL this season because we know just how good their offense is or can be I should say uh, they obviously have the weapons to score a ton of points they look great against the Lions but their defense is absolutely atrocious uh, giving up 5.9 yards per play through the first three weeks Lions move the ball pretty well against them last week the Rams moved the ball pretty well against them in week one so I know the Panthers offense has been atrocious through the first two weeks terrible Bryce Young looks like hot trash but if he's going to turn things around he can do it against the Seahawks and let's you know remember that he had to play against two of the best defenses in the NFL the Saints and the (laughs) Saints and the Falcons I almost said it without uh, uh without laughing I almost said it with a straight face uh, but the Falcons' defense uh, through two weeks has looked good. The Seahawks' defense is not good. Not good and not going to be good. So the Seahawks might actually be a sneaky good over team all season. It is a low total of 42.5, mostly because the Panthers' offense has looked terrible and their defense has looked competent. Um, but I think this is a good zig when everyone else is zagging kind of move here. I'll take the over 42.5 between the Panthers and the Seahawks. Cowboys Cardinals big number I'm gonna lay the points in this one though um I cannot uh bet on the Cardinals now the Cowboys have looked very very good they're even co-favorites now to win the NFC East they are very clearly a very good team probably a little bit better than I evaluated them before the season but I'm still not going to be sold on them when they play elite teams everything that could have gone wrong for the Giants went wrong in week one Cowboys won big and then uh the Jets turn the ball over four times in week two. So kind of strange games to really kind of evaluate this Cowboys team. Um, but I'm fascinated for uh, one of the games on the schedule coming up over the next few weeks that I'm excited for the most out of, I'm just very curious to see how it uh, goes is week five. I'm trying to figure out if this is Sunday night football or if it's Monday night, what's well, October 8th, October 8th, week five, Sunday night football. Um, is Cowboys 49ers. Um, So that is a fascinating game. That's going to be a true test for the Cowboys. But this week they have the Cardinals. They're going to crush them. uh, And then the Patriots next week, they're probably going to beat them too. So um, this Cowboys team is going to beat up on bad teams this season. The Cardinals are a bad team. I think we finally saw the true colors of the Cardinals in in the second half against the Giants. Um, Joshua Dobbs is going to be running for his life with Micah Parsons chasing him down. The Cowboys are getting a sack on 14.93% of opponent dropbacks. That's insane. Um, historic pace uh, for this Cowboys pass rush. Um, and I think I think this game is going to be an ugly one. Uh, I'll take Cowboys by a million. Minus 12. Minus 110. Uh, ugliest bet of the week. I don't even know if I can recommend you tail this one. Um... There's a chance that halfway through the second quarter, I'm gonna I'm gonna immediately regret this. I'm gonna bet the Bears. The Bears are playing the defending Super Bowl champions. The Bears that got their asses kicked by the yucks last week are now playing the defending Super Bowl champions. Are now playing Patrick Mahomes, who could have been drafted by. Don't forget the Bears drafted um, Mitch Trubisky instead of Patrick Mahomes. People forget. Um, and I'm going to back the Bears. Plus 13.5, minus 115. This might be the ugliest bet I'm going to place all season. I was low on the Bears heading into the season. I was screaming from the mountaintop. 7.5 was an insane win total for, um, for them. I, I was screaming about how bad Justin Fields is. Justin Fields got, at, at one sportsbook specifically, I think it was at Caesars, 
Justin Fields was the mo- got the most money bet on him to win MVP of the season of any other quarterback. I couldn't understand why. And this is the first two weeks has shown exactly why I felt that way. Justin Fields has a couple good highlight plays, is a good player in fantasy, and it fools people into thinking he's a good football player. He's bad. This is going to be his last season with the Bears. Um, they're probably going to be have a top pick. They're going to take a quarterback in a strong quarterback class, and the Justin Fields experiment is over. He's going to end up being a backup somewhere. He should go be a backup. Lamar, you know, we know what be a, a perfect role for Justin Fields would be Lamar Jackson's backup. Cause that's what he is. He's a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Um, and now he's not running the ball. Now he's just trying to, to be a thrower and it's not good. It's not going well. Um, lean into your strengths. Um, the bears are trying to turn him into a pocket passer slash. He's trying to be a pocket passer and it's not working. With all that being said, I'm going to take the bears. They're a bad team. I don't think they're 13 and a half points bad. 13 and a half, that's basically two touchdowns, is a wild spread in an NFL game. I don't know. I mean, I just I just said I, I talked about laying 12 points with the Cowboys over the Cardinals. I don't think the Bears are as bad as the Cardinals. Um, and I don't know if the... I was about to say I don't know if the Chiefs are as good as the Cowboys, but they probably are. But the spread is bigger. It's a point and a half bigger. I, I, I just can't do it. 13 and a half is a lot. There's so many ways you could backdoor cover a 13-point spread. Not saying they could do it, but I, I do think the Bears are at least a little bit better than what they've looked the first two weeks. They're bad, but they're not that bad. I'm going to regret this bet halfway through the second quarter when it's 24-0 Chiefs. Um, Chiefs also not great through the first two weeks. Um, not going to... Um, Say anything past that. I'm not going to, you know, say you should be fading the Chiefs and they have no chance at winning the Super Bowl. It's two games. Um, but even them winning against the Jaguars, their defense looked good. Their offense didn't. Uh, they're eighth uh, in net yards per play. The Chiefs are through the first two weeks, plus 0.9. Not impressive enough for me to want to lay 13 points on you. Uh, I'll take Bears plus 13 and a half minus 115. Sunday night football. I'm going to take the Raiders. It's basically a pick em. Uh, I'm going to take a minus 104 against the Steelers. Raiders have actually outperformed people's expectations. I felt going into the season the Raiders weren't as bad as a lot of people were saying. A lot of people were saying they might be the worst team in the NFL. I don't think so. Look very good in week one against the Broncos. Against the Bills, um, they also had one of the performances, which actually was kind of common in week two, uh, where they actually played pretty well, um, but turned the ball over, and it killed them. Actually, Ogain build the Bills in yards per play. Um, but they had a minus three t- turnover differential and also couldn't convert third downs and also couldn't score in the red zone and also couldn't stop the Bills in the red zone. A lot of things... I'm not saying the Raiders actually outperformed the Bills in that game, but I'm saying it, they didn't get their ass kicked like the final score showed. They moved the ball fine. Uh, also, the Bills did a really good job of just not giving the ball to the Raiders. I think they, I think they had their time in possession was like 40 minutes for the Bills and like 18 and a half minutes for the Raiders or something. So, uh, not a lot of time in possession for the Raiders either. My point in saying all this is I actually think the Raiders are a half decent team, still a below average team, and better than people think. I think the Steelers might stink. Steelers covered for us on this past Monday night. Uh, game just happened a few hours ago, um, but their offense looks incompetent completely incompetent and also their defense still can't stop the run defense is very good in terms of a pass rush tj watt might be the best defensive player in the nfl um but they still can't stop the run browns got 5.7 yards per carry against them uh on monday uh the 49ers got 5.9 yards per carry against them last week they, for the past number of seasons the steelers have struggled to stop the run that seems to still be an issue this year I expect the Raiders to be able to run the ball on the Steelers and win on Sunday Night Football. I'll take the Raiders at minus 104. And then we got the Monday Night Football doubleheader. I hope uh, this is the last Monday Night Football doubleheader of the season. I do not like two games on Monday night. The first one, I'll take the Eagles. Minus 5.5. I will say the Eagles are 2-0. They have not played their best football. Um, you could make the argument they deserve to lose to the Vikings. I would actually kind of agree with that argument. I actually thought the Vikings played the better game. Um, probably didn't deserve to lose against the Patriots, but that wasn't their best performance either in week one. I think that changes this week. Um, and people, I've seen some people say, oh, the Bucks actually a good team. I predicted the Bucks are going to be better than people think, but let's pump our brakes. 
the Bucks got outplayed by the Vikings in Week One by a wide margin. They the luckiest win of the season has been the Bucks against the Vikings in Week One, and then they beat up on a really bad Bears team in Week Two. Uh, Mike Evans still very good. Baker Mayfield serviceable, as I said. A lot of people are shitting on Baker Mayfield. Not as bad as as, as people say. Still, they're going up against the defending NFC champions. Um, and the Buccaneers' offensive line is not good, and now they're facing the Eagles' pass rush, which is going to, I think, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be running for his life a bit in this game. So I think the Eagles actually run away with this one. I think this is the first statement win for the Eagles, and it's the first game where we look at the Bucs and we go, oh, yeah, right, they're not a good football team. They're going to end up, like, 7-10. and 10. Um, Bucks will be in the uh, discussion for the NFC South for a while. Um, but they're going to finish under 500. This game is going to be like a very, I, I, I can sense it heading into this week and this is Monday night. So like, I haven't heard too many people talk about this coming week, but I can keep an ear out for this. You're going to hear people say, ah, the Bucks might be kind of feisty. Uh, and, ah, the Eagles haven't quite looked like the same team. Their defense has, hasn't looked as good as they did last year. Uh, you're going to hear that heading this week and you're going to see people betting the Buccaneers because of that. And then this game is going to happen. And then we're going to go, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, right, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Oh, yeah, right, the Buccaneers aren't that good of a team. This is one of those ones. This is this is one of those games. Listen, I guarantee you you're going to hear this week this poor prediction. I, I feel it. Heading into this week, you're going to hear people say, Ah, the Bucks. The Bucks might have something. Ooh, ooh, the Bucks. Ooh, maybe the Bucks win the NFC South. And then this game is going to set things right. Eagles minus 5.5, minus 110. Uh, last game of the week, it is Rams Bengals. I think this line was at it was way higher than what it was. I, I forget if it was four and a half or six and a half, but it is a much higher number. It is now down to two, two and a half with the news about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is, I think, questionable at best. Looks more like doubtful um for week two Monday night football against uh the Rams. Um so here's the issue. We're kind of in a tricky spot because if you want to bet the Rams because Joe Burrow is out, don't do that because now the line has already shifted to adjust for Joe Burrow being out. But now if you take the Rams, what if Joe Burrow says that he's healthy and then, then you're holding a Rams ticket with a terrible number because then the, then the line will shoot back up to what it was pre-injury news. So you're kind of screwed either way. Um, if you want to try to play that, Bet the Bengals and hope Joe Burrow says that he's playing and the line goes back up. And then you're you're sitting with a good Bengals ticket. But what I'm just going to do is I'm just going to say, fuck it, and just bet the over. Over 43 minus 110 for the Rams and the Bengals. Why? Because the weak point for both of these teams is the defense. The Rams offense um, is actually very good. Puka Nakua is might be the greatest football player of all time. Puka might be the greatest football player of all time. 15 catches? What are his stats? This is a fifth-round pick guy out of um, BYU in his rookie season playing on what was supposed to be a terrible team, the Rams, and in his first two career games in the NFL, he has 25 catches for 266 yards. Unbelievable. Uh, Matt Stafford looks healthy. He's looked pretty solid. Puka Nakua is, like I said, the greatest football player of all time. The Rams' offense is solid. And they will score. Their defense is what's going to hold them back this year. Their defense is very bad. Um, Leonard Floyd's not there. That's hurting them. Obviously, they have Aaron Donald, but they have some issues in the secondary. They have issues at linebacker. Uh, The Rams' defense is what's going to hurt them this year. Uh, And the Bengals, everyone's talking about how Joe Burrow has been not playing good and their offense has not been good. Their defense hasn't been good either. The Bengals giving up 5.4 yards per snap through the first two games. Rams giving up 5.5 yards per snap through the first two games. So I'm going to take the over. I'm going to hope Joe Burrow plays. Obviously, that'll help. Uh, But even if their backup plays, who, uh, who is their backup? I think it's some bum. Some creative player guy. Jake Browning. Uh, he played for, did he play for Washington? Washington, look at that. Wow, I'm slowly uh, learning my college football a little bit. Uh, and he has thrown one career pass for that didn't wasn't completed. Um, yeah, so I'm going to take the over. I guess if, if Jake Browning plays, I'm gonna, I don't know, maybe he's going to be decent. The Bengals can score something or not. I don't know. I'll take the over. I'll take the over 43 and hope Joe Burrow plays. 
Uh, so there you have it. Those have been my picks. Let me go ahead and recap all my picks for you, and then I'll give you my five best bets, my teaser of the weekend. I'll talk Survivor. Uh, starting with Thursday Night Football, it is the Giants. It is the 49ers. I'll take Giants plus 11, minus 110. Vikings, minus 105 against the Chargers. Bills, minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Commanders. Uh, Falcons, plus 3.5, minus 110 against the Lions. Titans, minus one. Sorry, plus 140 against the Browns. Texans, plus 9.5, minus 110 against the Jaguars. Saints, plus 2, minus 110 against the Packers. Jets, plus 3, minus 110 against the Patriots. Dolphins, minus 6.5, minus 105 against the Broncos. Giants, or sorry, Colts, plus 8.5, minus 115 against the Ravens. Panthers, Seahawks, over 42.5, minus 110. Cowboys, minus 12, minus 110 against the Cardinals. Bears plus three and a half, plus thirteen and a half minus one fifteen against the Chiefs. The Raiders minus one hundred four on the money line against the Steelers. Eagles minus five and a half minus one ten against the Yucks, and then the Rams Bengals over forty three minus one ten. My five best bets for this week. And even the teams I bet money line, I, I put in the spread for best bet's sake because a lot of people I know use these for the pick'em contest. My five best bets are Vikings plus one, Titans plus three and a half, Colts plus eight and a half, Bills minus six and a half, Raiders pick'em against the Steelers. So Vikings, Titans, Colts, Bills, Raiders. Vikings, Titans, Colts, Bills, and the Raiders. Teaser of the week. We're going to take the Minnesota Vikings from plus one up to plus seven against the Chargers. That's going to cross us key numbers of both, both three and seven. And I don't think the Chargers, even if they win, I don't think their defense is good enough to turn this into a blowout, against, especially against this Vikings offense. So I'll take Vikings plus one up to plus eight. And then we're going to take the Cowboys against the Cardinals down from minus 12 to minus five. Obviously, it's still above three, but it does cross seven. Um, and it does cross ten which I would say would be the third most magic number between three and seven, maybe tied with six. I would say six and 10 are the tier two magic numbers. So it does cross 10 and it crosses seven. So we're going Vikings. This is a two, this is a two leg seven point teaser. We're going Vikings plus eight or plus one up to plus eight. And we're taking the Cowboys from minus 12 down to minus five against the Cardinals. Survivor pool. I'm going to keep this one pretty basic. Um, like I said, uh, explained earlier, um, the only entry I've left is a joint entry with my girlfriend. We took Saints in week one, Giants in week two. Um, for this week, we are attending a wedding in Toronto. So I want the easiest, most sweat-free bet possible. So losing in Survivor doesn't ruin my day at a wedding. It is a Sunday wedding. I will not be able to watch football this Sunday. Um, do I have a choice in the matter? No. Uh, would I prefer to not go to a wedding on a Sunday during football season week three? I would prefer not to, correct. This is this is life, though, my friends. C'est la vie, as they say in Quebecois and other French areas. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Uh, let's just take the fucking Cowboys and move on to week three. You got to take good teams sometimes. And to be honest, there's actually not a lot of other great opportunities to take the Cowboys this season. You got them this week against the Cardinals, obviously. Next week against the Patriots, sure. 49ers, Chargers, Rams, Eagles, Giants, Panthers. I mean, you could take them at Panthers in November. Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Commanders, Lions. I don't like taking divisional games, so that crosses out Giants and Commanders, even though those would be decent picks. Uh, I like. I think the Rams are actually a decent football team. I wouldn't really want to take them against the Rams. So if you're going to take the Cowboys, the weeks to do it are either this week or... November 19th against the Panthers. Other than that, there's not a lot of great opportunities to take the Cowboys. So I'm going to take them this week. Let's just move on. Especially with... Between my girlfriend and I, we had three entries heading into the season. We're week three. We're already down to one. I I can't lose all three entries in the first three weeks. Let's survive in advance. Survive in advance. Take the Cowboys and we'll move on to next week. And I think with a lot of big spreads this week, I, I actually think this is just a very easy survivor week and you just take a team and just, just everyone's going to win. Uh, the people who, the only people who are going to lose this week are going to be the people who try to big brain it. Um, but the huge favorites are probably all going to win. Take the chiefs, take the Cowboys, take the, uh, who else is a big spread this week? 
Take the Chiefs, take the Cowboys, take the um, 49ers. That was the other one I was thinking of. Take the Jaguars over the Texans. Like, there's a lot of just easy survivor options. If you do want to get cute, and I wouldn't recommend it this week, I just think this is a week that you just don't get cute, take the Seahawks. Take the Seahawks against the Panthers. That's a decent pick, and there's not going to be a ton of weeks that you're going to really want to take the Seahawks this season, especially because the Cardinals are a divisional game, so that gets a little sketchy. So if you want to get cute, take the Seahawks. I'm just going to take the Cowboys and then just move on. Uh, So there you have it. This has been the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please continue to keep subscribing to the YouTube channel. I appreciate all of you who have already. Rate and review the podcast if you're listening to the audio version of this. That helps us out a ton as well. Best of luck with all of your plays this week. May gamble or the gambling god bless all of your bets. And I will talk to you all next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.